Hello and welcome to Cameras or Whatever, the podcast for working photographers. I'm Tyler Stallman. And I'm Cameron Whitman. Happy New Year. Almost. Happy New Year almost. I mean, it'll be New Year when this comes out, so. Yeah. But you missed our uh, our big end of the year show, yeah. which you've been around for. I hear you were sick. Yeah, I was I was miserably flued up. Well, and so was Jordan, but we couldn't have too much snot on one episode. So, <laughs> But I want to give you a chance to weigh in on what we were talking about, on cool. what you consider to be your best of the year. It's kind of sad, because I haven't... I didn't buy a lot this year. That is the saddest thing I've heard all day. But you can choose things you didn't buy yeah. because we did. I, I didn't buy anything that I talked about really, or not much of it. As far as cameras go, I know that you're still super jazzed about the Sony, but the D850 is is definitely my excitement. Yeah, I don't blame you. Is it on your purchase list? Like, might you actually get one or is it just I'm saving you up. Don't need it? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It'll probably... There'll probably be like a D900 before I can afford it, but I'm saving up. So can you get me excited about the D850? I always like read a little bit about it and then it kind of slips out of my mind. All I remember is that it's the best DSLR ever made. Yeah. Well, isn't that enough? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sounds pretty good. The, the one thing that I'll say is not that exciting to me about it is the video capabilities. And, and for that, like, I think that that's probably the, the main reason why... Somebody should look at the Sony, mm-hmm. maybe over this. But I mean, I'm you know like I, one thing that I'm really excited about is just having the a max resolution that is so high that actually delivers. Because you know with the the Canon, what is it? The five DS is that right? Yeah, the yeah the giant five D version. Yep. Yeah. Well, see, I've had the uh, the luxury of getting to look at quite a lot of those files. Yeah, and they they suck. It's sort of just stretching out, yeah, uh, beyond what. Okay, yeah, and that—that's my it's bigger, right? It's like fifty instead of forty. Yeah, which is it's marginally big. Well, I guess that's a pretty reasonable amount. Well, but. so looking at all these big files, how do you feel about you know A seven R two has been around for a while? How do you feel it's about pretty good. those files? Yeah, yeah, that's that's actually it's that's far more impressive than than the yeah. Canon, to be honest. I think the Canon really just. They pushed it too far. Tried to, yeah, they pushed too far without really having the goods. Mm-hmm. Um, the Sony sensors, which Nikon also uses apparently, are just the best. Well, what Jordan was saying is that the, oh, wait, why am I even talking about this? Because I'm just, this third party information, but I think it was that the, these are Nikon, exclu- oh, wait, they're Nikon exclusive Sony sensors. That's what it is. Like it's exclusive to the D850, but yeah. done by Sony. Sounds impressive. Yeah, no, it's. I think it's. Uh, I think it's super cool because, like, you know, I've actually I've got to see a lot of those files as well. And you know, we were talking probably six months ago about potentially wanting to go medium format. And honestly, I think that this is probably good enough. Which what were you looking at the Fuji or the um, no Hasselblad or the? I did look at the Hasselblad, but I also really liked the phase one yeah but that'd be a serious investment yeah and that's just the thing right is that just being completely honest with myself i'm just not that caliber of photographer you know and also you you're investing in so much more too like now you need all the glass to support it to make it worthwhile and uh, yeah yeah, that's huge yeah like if if something like drastically changed in my life and and i ended up becoming like a really high-end editorial photographer or something and i was getting paid a, a 
you know, ton of money to make photographs, then <laughs> yeah, sure then I would definitely be excited and interested in, in looking at something like that, but I'm not. So, you know, it just doesn't make sense. And when you look at the price for the D850, I mean, and I already have all the glass. Yeah. All of it. I have everything I need. It's hard to argue with that. So what am I going to do? <laughs> How much is that camera? Three something? Three, yeah, it's like three and a half. Yeah. Right. So no, the, actually, um, looks on B and H it's, it's, uh, 3,296. The hardest thing about the, uh, back to my side for a second, about mm -hmm. looking at the Canon versus Sony is that the Sony is actually a little bit cheaper. That's the real slap in the face. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's, do you know what the Nikon is compared to the, I don't know these prices anymore, but it like the, the, yeah, just the worst is that not only is the mirrorless starting to edge it out in features, but it's coming in a few hundred dollars less. <laughs> like it's crazy. Yeah. That's Canon's got a little bit of work to do, I think. Oh yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah. I, well, speaking of, so I, I have some news, my 5d Mark four, which I still love and you know, is does its job. It's a finger dial. The, how do you refer to different dials? The pointer finger dial. <laughs> is uh, totally glitching out on me. So like Ugh. as I spin it, it'll just miss a lot of spins. That's not okay. So like you're trying to turn up the ISO and you have to do it six times to move it two notches, you know? No, that's not acceptable because oh, that's no, exactly... It's real bad. That's one of the things that, that, you know, we've talked about this in previous podcasts where, you know, you buy a camera like that for the performance. Yeah. So... You literally need everything to to make the changes that you need on an in an instant. Well, and I still have my Mark III. I mean, mm -hmm. I, so we we used to each have a Mark III, me and my wife, and now mm -hmm. we still have hers, and I have the Mark IV. But the Mark III is doing fine. <laughs> um, you know, years later, it's uh, so I I do think but it's Canon an edge has case. some pretty good support, don't yeah, they? Yeah, it won't be. They've done awesome at fixing stuff. I think it's a fluke that it broke. Like, I don't think this needs to represent the camera as a whole. I don't hear widespread complaints about this, mm -hmm. but it sucks for me. Yeah. And it kind of goes against what I always say about like, oh, the A7R2 feels like, um, and then, you know. <laughs> Great. Um, also, just going back to the, the price. I just looked this up at the exact same time. Yeah, it's thirty one ninety nine. So, right. So they they actually look like they're the exact same right now. That's thirty. I'm seeing yeah, thirty two hundred for the five D Mark IV, thirty two hundred for the A seven R three. So this this was my big conundrum is um, is feeling like this is the this is the last hurrah for traditional DSLRs for me. I mean. I'm not sure yet. I don't. I haven't spent time with the A7R3. But if it is what everybody says it is, I'm going to have a really hard time recommending for other people or choosing myself to keep sticking with a mirrored DSLR in the future. Um, mm -hmm. a, a huge reason just being weight. Absolutely. When, when yeah. you have both cameras and you're like, I'm going to only bring one with me, I still need to choose the bigger one right now. Mm -hmm. But I really don't want to. I would love to just grab the mirrorless. And it's when it's becoming viable, when there's no reason not to, I, I don't even know what to tell people anymore because there's still some little issues with the mirrorless. And, it, you know, I think your impression as well is that the image quality, uh, the color especially, you feel like isn't quite there. Is that the case? Well, yeah, I mean, that one's really hard 
pin on Sony because it's you know I'm looking at individual choices that are made with that those sensors. So mm-hmm. you know I'm not seeing my choices. So it's 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 a little bit hard to to say for sure. But yeah, I mean that's that's generally the feeling that I get is that Nikon is still superior with the color, right? And Canon and everyone else, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, but then everything else, they're, you know, they're really they're really killing it. Even and you, you were referring to that it's for video shooters that you'd want to go Sony, but it, it's not just that anymore. You know, it's they're really starting to edge in on being a superior photographer choice as well. Yeah, um, it's true. I don't know what I'm going to do, but there was one really interesting video I watched the other day. This this won't be interesting to you, I don't think, but that the adapted glass on the A7R3, which is, uh, I do that sometimes on my A7R2, is I put a Metabones adapter on it so that I can put my Canon lenses on. Right. There was a YouTube video showing that that Canon glass was able to work very close to native glass on the Sony. And that has not at all been true. Like you can't really, you can't use autofocus adapting Canon onto Sony cameras right now. Okay. So if this means in the next generation, you really can use Canon lenses, this would make the transition possible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, the, the huge thing right now is like, I am not selling seven or eight lenses or whatever I have for Canon. (laughs) <laughs> overnight. I mean, I, I don't even know how many years it would take me to make this jump because of the stress of what do I do with all this gear. But uh, I'm definitely <laughs> not going to take this decision lightly unless I really can use all those lenses. I mean, that would be amazing. Yeah. You know, it's really funny to hear you say that because I feel that on a on a, on a very intense level. Like yeah, the, the, the stress of selling all of it is yeah. overwhelming. You don't get what you think you're going to get back from selling a lens. Oh, heck no. Especially or anything. The worst is that now so many of my lenses are on version two, like my prime lenses. I kind of went through a phase where I'm like, I need all the primes. Yeah. So I, I have a few, I have the 35 and the 24. And I've, 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 I sold the 50 and the 135 a while ago. But yeah, those two are version one. Now both are updated to version two. And since then, Sigma's gotten better. So yeah. You know, the what I paid for them, that's not what they're worth. Well, anymore. even Tamron has gotten better, right? Yeah, right. I've never actually used their their new lenses, but they're they seem to be well reviewed. Yeah, I think the they're not right. they're not beating Sigma for in this is my impression. But they are a viable alternative. You know, you, yeah. you will you'll be satisfied with them for the price. Yeah, it's comparable, right? Yeah. You know, I, that actually brings up another point to, to what you were just saying about lenses being renewed and whatnot you know because like we all just about anybody that shoots professionally has a 24 to 70 right mm-hmm. um <laughs> and now you know like everybody you know you can get the sigma art 24 to 70 tamron has a 24 to 70 like there's all these options yeah sony has yeah. a nice one it's interesting and the the interesting thing i was looking at was lensrentals.com put out there every year they put out their stats about the most rented cameras of the year or gear, period. And it was still really dominated by Canon. Uh, The most rented lens was the Canon 24 to 70. 5D Mark IV was the most rented camera. And Sony doesn't start showing up until you're a little ways down the list. And they have, there's a lot less of them, you know. And I I, I don't think that's going to switch too quickly. Like that if you're a professional and you need something for a job, you don't lean towards. Well, also, I think that there's this... 
you know, this is a hunch, right? But I'm, I'm, I feel pretty confident that that it's probably somewhat accurate. Is that there is like this entire segment of of female photographers that are basically invisible to the industry. Yeah, right. I think and it's fair they don't pay enough attention to them. Right, and and almost predominantly they seem to use Canon, mm-hmm. and for whatever reason I don't know, but like you know, like so my wife getting super into the food blog world and she's talking with everybody. And so people comment, they're just like, wow, your images are really nice. It's really cool. Right. They're all friendly and and supportive. And they're like, you know, what do you use? And she's like, Oh, I use a Nikon D seven fifty. And they're like, what? <laughs> like yeah, Nikon. Weird. Okay. And so in like almost every one of these ladies uses Canon. This makes me feel like, there's a, a problem of people going too far with reputations, I think. Yeah. Like there's there's this quote I really like, uh, I think it's from Christopher Hitchens, or at least he was repeating someone's quote, that uh, if you get a reputation as an early riser, you can sleep till noon. <laughs> and the idea being like, if everybody says that Canon colors are amazing, they won't take a minute to look at what's really happening. And I see this all the time in my YouTube videos that uh, I get a lot of compliments about the colors that come and this is video so it's the video color science is a bit different than the photos but they comment like you know oh i love the colors coming out of that how how are you getting those out of a sony or are you just using a canon so they look good naturally it's like not none of that makes sense like everybody's you get enough compliments about sony colors and maybe sony's doing a decent job or giving you a, a bed of colors that's nice enough that you can grade it into something nice. Like I'm pro- I'm processing it a lot. I have LUTs applied. I'm like filtering it. So it doesn't really matter whether it was Sony or Canon in the beginning, but it's so deeply embedded that everybody has this belief that like, yes, Canon, cl- uh, Canon color is king, that they're not willing to kind of see the fact that every manufacturer is making cameras that can produce beautiful colors. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's kind of easy to have that heuristic to like lean back on. Like I, I've heard so many times that Canon is for color and Sony is for sharpness or whatever, that that's the, you only can slot a brand into each piece where like, it's, it's not that true. You know, Mm -hmm. what's Nikon's thing? Like, what do people think Nikon is for? What's its stereotype? (laughs) It's for nerds. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Legit, like the like literally, I feel like I'm an outlier, right? Like yeah. using Nikon because well, I, numbers wise, you are like less people use it. Yeah, and less people that I know use it, and the ones that I do know are like technical nerds. <laughs> okay, so what what else did you, did you buy anything? Yes, I actually bought something that I think is quite incredible, and I'm I'm really excited about this company because I had never heard of them and I will provide you with a link for the show notes, but um, they make like tripods and stuff and they're called uh, Sirui. I, I have no idea what you're saying. Say it again. Sirui. 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 Hey, Sirui. So it's S-I-R-U-I. So what I got is the, it's the H-A hyphen seven, seven. All right. So look that up. It's a horizontal boom arm. And, you know, the reason I got this was... Oh, I see where you're going. Yeah. So I could do, you know, like overhead stuff on a tripod 
and you know for doing like uh, time lapses or video or whatever and um you know that's what i bought it for but you know i've ended up using it also well not actually using it but testing it with my large format setup to see mm -hmm. if i could position my large format camera to shoot straight down which is way more of a challenge than you'd imagine this is and, always an issue for me i have a really hard time making boom photos work well a, a big reason just because of lack of stability like if you put it on <clears throat> like sometimes i'll put it on the arm that comes out of my c stands mm -hmm. and as soon as you touch it there's so much vibration through the pole that you have to like do a set a timer basically or use a remote exactly my point right so when you know when looking for something i don't even remember how i found it exactly but you know i found it and i was like i was like oh well that looks good and so you know i just said screw it took a chance and bought it and wow like the build quality on this thing is better than anything else i own and how much is it? Yeah. And it's 150 bucks. Oh, that's a very reasonable price. Yeah. And like, you know, it, it's, uh, it's a telescoping cross arm from 20 inches to 30, mm -hmm. uh, load capacity, 11 pounds, you know, uh, the, it's got this, uh, attachment that you put on the end to hook weight. You can load the bag with like a big bag of rice or something, yeah. Yeah. um, works really, really well. It's really simple to use and like the mechanics of it are just like, it's just gorgeous. So I'm looking at it and it, it kind of looks like a, you know, a monopod mounted on a, uh, some kind of ball head in, in a way. But what I'm wondering is on the end of the, the monopod bit, the boom, are mm -hmm. you putting another head on there or are you just sticking the camera straight onto it? Um, I, no, I just, I think I just put the camera straight on there. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. yeah. Cool. No, this yeah. looks like a great pick and something that I think probably most people haven't found that there's all these like diamonds in the rough when you really start browsing the internet of just random things that somebody invented and somebody designed beautifully, but isn't popular. You know, it isn't common. And then once right. you find it, it's like, wow. Well, now I have going to check out other stuff by them because yeah. I'm they so impressed. They make everything. This is crazy. Like yeah. iPhone cases and lenses and yeah. And, and, and yeah. it's really affordable. And, you know, the the quality of, of that product that I got was just so, like, when I pulled it out of the box, I as soon as I looked at it and touched it and turned one of the knobs, I, I was just like, oh, my God. Like, I have a Mi Photo tripod, which is, you know, really just affordable. It's yeah, good. Well, you know, it's good. It's I bad. mean, it feels pretty good. I have one of those, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, for what it is, it's, it's actually pretty, pretty great. You know, it's, it's, it's affordable, it's lightweight, really easy to manage, and it's a hell of a lot cheaper than a Gitzo. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and like, but the, the difference between this product, which is roughly in the same price field. Wow. I, I got to say, well, we're talking about me photo tripods before I move on. I am swearing to myself. And, and I did this before, I swore this before I bought the Mi Photo and then I forgot and I bought one anyway. I'm never going to buy a twist tripod again instead of snapping locks. I always regret it because it, it looks better. Like the tripod looks nicer and it's a little bit more compact. But the issue is that at a glance, you can't see whether it's locked or not. So if your tripod is fully standing, 
you can't just look at it and know, okay, it's secure, right? Everything is is locked in. All of a sudden, you, you put a little more weight on and one of the sides can start drifting down because you didn't quite tighten it enough. Mm. Or you're trying to close it and you're twisting them and, and you, you know, try to, say, loosen all of them so you can push all the legs in together. But you missed one of them and it, one of them isn't quite loose enough because there isn't any visible um, or even tactile clear sign that it is locked or unlocked. You're basically, because it's a gradient of of how um, secure it is, mm-hmm. you never know for sure how locked a particular leg is. Whereas if it's a snap, well, you know, you know, either it's closed or it's open. So um, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I, it frustrates me all the time. Do you not, you don't agree with this? I feel like th- this makes sense. No. <laughs> oh, wow. You're, okay. Tell me why. No, I mean, I don't know that I disagree. I can, I can see what you're talking about, but I just, I guess I just don't have that issue. Like I've had other tripods, like um, mostly Manfrotto and that had the little snap lock legs. And I just really hated it, especially <laughs> in the cold. It just drove me crazy to use it. Yeah. And I, mean, I love it, like it being can able sort of to... hurt your hands sometimes snapping them, but yeah. Well, but, and I just I love being able to just you know twist all the legs at once to extend it. But you never have this thing of like, oh wait, one of them isn't as tight as I thought it was. No, sure, but it's not that big of a deal. All right, for me, because or or even like the the day I got it, I handed it to my assistant who just hadn't used one of these types of tripods. He's used to cinema tripods that don't usually screw, and um, he just loosened it all the way off, and the leg came out, and um, you know, like. It's a fair mistake if you've never seen this thing before. Um, just you twist it a little far, too far the wrong way, and it just flops out. I can't say that I've done that. No, I haven't done that either. But it's possible. Um, or that, yeah, if you if you do kind of just your brain drops out on you and you keep screwing in the wrong direction, it's like, oh, I'm loosening instead of tightening it. I don't know. I just, I'd rather not leave room for those mistakes. But I can certainly see it happening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it's frustrating. Like I've actually like when I was first playing with it, I, I remember taking the one of the sections off, and then trying to figure out how to get it back on was kind yeah, of annoying. It's a bit of a pain, yeah. But the, the the construction and design of these things is great. Like I do, I can recommend Me Photo if you don't mind the screw legs. So, yeah. uh, I I do have a really strong recommendation that I I forgot to mention because we didn't really do accessories in the other episode. Yeah. But I, I absolutely have been loving it, and that is the slide strap from Peak Design, uh, as well as the backpack. I mean, I, I did a whole YouTube video about the Peak Design backpack, and I've been really happy with it. Still, um, they released right, a black me, one. Tell me again what it is. The Peak Design Peak, Peak Design Everyday Backpack. And yeah, the, when I was talking about it on the show with you, yeah. I was my big complaint was like they don't make it in black. Why isn't this coming black? And then as soon as that episode came out, I started getting messages from everybody like, "Oh, here's a black one," and it had just it was just released right after I bought mine. It's hysterical, but uh, yeah. So that's not the charcoal one, right? No, I have the charcoal. That's what I've got. So, but um, yeah, love the bag. Uh, but the slide strap is even easier to recommend because it's cheap. Well, I mean, uh, for for a strap, it's not cheap, but it's not an expensive accessory compared to the the backpack, which is quite a bit. So sixty four bucks, sixty five bucks for the strap. And the huge thing about it, other than being very well made, like feels so 
high quality. It looks good, but it has clips that you put onto the camera that stay with the camera. Yeah. And you're able to snap off the whole strap in one second. And this has changed everything for me, especially in terms of shooting video, because every time you mount your camera on a head, on, on a video tripod head, you kind of need to remove the strap. You can't have it dangling there, or especially if you put it on a gimbal, there's a million reasons you need straps to come off. So yeah, instantly on off all day long. I love it. And if you have a strap that you're already really attached to that you like, like I know you've got whatever the ones you are into, yeah. they also make the just the clasps that you can add to your own tri- uh, sorry, your own strap. So you Ooh. take your strap and just put on the end, you put the clip and then put the clips on your camera and you've instantly got the same kind of on-off strap. I, I, I mean, it's like 20 bucks for that. I super recommend it. Yeah, get it right now. It's awesome. Yeah. That's what I'm going to probably use one of my gift certificates for for Christmas. Yeah, do it. <laughs> um, and then the, the last thing, I guess maybe maybe this is a slight announcement, but uh, going into the new year, part of my resolution is to try to get more of these episodes out. I, I hope that happens. But yeah. part of that will also be making episodes a little bit shorter because time is not on our side. So no, it's uh, not. <laughs> we're, we're about to hit 30 minutes and... Um, that might be the new episode length. I don't know what we're going to stick to here, but I'll, I'll just let you guys know that there may be some shorter episodes throughout the season, and that's just so that they uh, can come out a little more regu- regularly yeah. for you. So we can actually do it. Exactly. This is an interesting idea. Well, so uh, one more thing that I wanted to um, to mention is something that like I, I'm curious whether or not you know about it, sure. um, which is the Flowmotion smartphone stabilizer. Because I keep seeing ads for it, and it looks great. I don't know the flow. Let me let me look this up. I is this the same as like a DJI kind of gimbal? Mm-hmm. Uh, flow motion, great name. Yeah, and they you know they had a, a a Kickstarter that was I guess pretty successful. Okay, yeah, and. I, I just it, blur all these together to me because there are quite a lot of these gimbals, yeah. so. Yeah, but it looks like oh, they're still in pre-order mode. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, they they could be fine. I would just say don't focus too much on it when it's not proven because these are very well established. You know, mm-hmm. like th- this looks nice. The, like the product looks nice, branding looks nice. Uh, DJI and Xiaoyun are already making pretty great versions of these. Yeah, so you know, I d- don't get too focused on on the brand new one until I think you see reviews really. Yeah, for sure. It just seems interesting. Although, you know, at this point, I think that my my smartphone is is dead. Ooh. Dead to me, and it at least. I mean, it works fine. It's just it's just so old now. I have the six plus iPhone still. Oh, yeah, and it's just really crappy. That's getting a little bit ancient. Well, I, I also should mention that if you've got any of the phones <laughs> that have the optical image stabilization, that oh. In, Actually, I think based on what Christos had told me, I think actually the issue is the um, digital stabilization. Something about stabilization on these, I don't know what, can cause a serious issue with a lot of these gimbals where the gimbal stabilization interferes with the camera stabilization and you get these really weird artifacts. So if you're looking into buying these, you have to kind of be aware of it and use the software that came 
with the gimbal or use uh what's the one everybody filmic pro also mm. lets you turn off stabilization but you need to turn off all the default stabilization to make these really work properly huh. okay all right and that's the end <laughs> <laughs> thanks Cameron. <laughs>